0: In this episode of the business of e-commerce I talk with Luke Simmons about the five keys of a successful e-commerce business. This is the business of e-commerce episode 160. Welcome to the business of e-commerce the show that helps e-commerce retailers start launch and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host Charles Plesky and I'm here today with Luke Simmons. Luke is the co-owner of scope 16, an agency that works with e-commerce retailers to help them scale from six to seven figures. I asked Luke on the show today to chat about what are the five key elements that are required for a successful e-commerce business. I like how he runs through this list and they really are all things that you should be thinking about when you're first starting or just trying to scale your business. And he helps to really set some expectations for a lot of retailers, usually early on, they're kind of starting, what they should really be looking at and know what they're getting into. I think anyone starting off. This is going to be super helpful. He goes through the five different topics. I'll link to those in the show notes, but let's get into it. So, Hey Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Charles. How are you? Good. Happy to have you on the show. I think, um, I think this topic is great for people kind of starting off. I see a lot of retailers kind of trying to get going and they kind of get stuck right at that very beginning phase.
1: Absolutely. Especially, you know, this, well, everything that's happened in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, it's definitely everyone's noticed that, you know, going online um, and e-commerce in particular has been something that, you know, a lot of people wanted to jump on and take advantage of and, you know, I don't blame them whatsoever. So absolutely. I think it's definitely a question that relates to a lot of uh, newbies, if you like, in in terms of e-commerce and really getting their brand up and up and running. Yeah. We've seen, um, I know here at least we've seen a lot
0: of brick and mortar retailers in the past 12 months say like, you know, the brick and mortar is just this zero people coming in. We're shut down. There's some government, um, you know, the government lockdown sort of thing. We need to yeah. do something we like we still have these distributor relationships. We still have all these products. We still have all this stuff. We just need to sell it somewhere. So a lot of them jumping online just because of that, but it is different, right? Because let's say you're a brick and mortar you're used to, you know, putting out your sign, doing your local advertising and you're competing against the people within a X number of mile radius versus you go online. Now you're competing against everyone in a, it's a niche. So it's like, this like virtual radius and there's a shift, a mindset shift there.
1: Absolutely. You know, everything from the way that you position yourself as a brand to, you know, even the community, because, you know, like you said, brick and mortar, you understand the community that you're living in, you understand their needs and their their wants going online and one competing, but also then trying to understand how your audience can change from whether they're on the East Coast or uh, the West Coast is completely different. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not something that is just, you know, uh, a quick fix. And it's definitely not something that you can just kind of jump straight into. It takes time, but um, it's definitely the the place to be in my opinion right now, for sure. Yeah. So you have five reasons. I like numbers. I like
0: lists with numbers, so we know what we're getting into. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. So, I mean, I've got the five things here. Um, and like you said, this is definitely for, you know, when you're first getting into it, understanding five of the most important things to take into consideration. To allow yourself to to start building a long-term e-commerce brand. So the five things I narrowed it down to are time, website conversion, uh, using and leveraging organic side of things. So more more on the social media side, data um, and money as well. So okay. organic. What was number yeah. four? Taking some notes here. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four was data, and number five was money. Data and money. All right. So let's go into each one here.
0: Data. All right. So number one is time. When you say time, what are we, what are we talking about
1: specifically there? Time is, I think it's just an expect expectation thing. Um, you know, like I, I just touched on a minute ago. It's th- people think, you know, Owning, running an e-commerce store is something that can just be done and it can be done very, very quickly. But I think once you start diving into the world of e-commerce, you understand it's not as simple as just having a product and having a website for sure. You know, there's been cases and, you know, people have got lucky. They've struck gold on the first go and don't get me wrong. They've made a, a huge success of it. But on the whole, it's understanding that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day as I like to say.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I talked to a lot of new retailers and they said, Hey, I have this launch on whatever, like February 20th. And you start saying like, unless you've done this before, unless you have your marketing and you're like locked down, figured out really dialed in, it's very hard to just say, Oh, on the 20th, we're going to like open the door and there'll be that line coming in. It's not like, Yeah. yeah, it's not like you're like at the beach and have an ice cream shop and like you, Hey, we're selling ice cream. People just like show up. You need to really get people there. So
1: Absolutely. And there's so many, you know, in that, in that particular example, there's so many things to consider. Like you said, inventory, um, the buildup, you know, are you, are you going to be spending on paid ads leading up to that point, you know, or are you going to be spending ads on that day? Because you know, again, paid ads don't just happen overnight. You need to find the right, right time to start and prepare for it. There's other things to, to get in place as well. And I think unless you've done that a few times, you could be the most prepared person in the entire world. There's always going to be things that come up, you know, that's life. That's, that's just business at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've talked to some folks here that they run their paid ahead of time, right? And they start generating email list and they're really, and then they look and, you know, I have X number of thousands of people on this list and they know, okay. And they've done it over three months. So this list is warm. They've been communicating with them day one, they open up and they keep kind of, it's going to happen in a week. It's going to happen in seven, in five days. It's going to happen tomorrow. And then it happens. And they just, and then the floodgates open up. But just to say, Yeah. yeah, I'm going to start running a Facebook ad. It's a little
1: unrealistic that day. Absolutely. And I also think, you know, there's, there's always two ways to look at it. It's, it's looking at it from an internal point of view and thinking about your brand, but you know, with especially like this, these last 18 months have been the perfect example the external factors going on in the world, whether it's to do with the pandemic, whether it's to do, you know, with the change in pres- presidency, they all play a part in how well your launch will perform, um, and that's something that you have to consider. It's not just, you know, it suits us and it suits our brand to do this. Yes, sure, but what's happening at that particular point in time that could potentially, you know, lead to overperforming or underperforming, uh, you know, when when you reach that launch date.
0: Yeah, how would you? What what kind of the, the mental model there be on, you know, you're a new retailer and you're like, Hey, we're going to launch the end of February. How would you kind of get yourself ready for that and understand know like, what should my expectations be, should we be looking at a, you know, two week two day two year horizon? Like how would
1: you even tell some about that? It's a great question. Um, and obviously um, it's, it's definitely case by case, but just to give you, I would say a general structure, the way that I would always start to think about these things is, you know, break it down to the basics. So, of course, if you're if you're leading up to a launch, the most important thing is do you have the inventory, and do you do you have the ab- ability to you know um, deal with the amount of orders that you're expecting as well? Um, and then taking a step back from there, it's also making sure that you have the things in place like paid advertising or at least traffic. You could narrow it down to that you know is going to be somewhat in the same level or the same uh, threshold to allow you to sell enough of the inventory. So the way that I would look at it from, to answer your question in a simpler way is first of all, understanding the inventory that you need to have. And secondly, understanding from your audience's point of view and your, you know, your ideal customer persona, what is it that they're looking for? And then beyond that, it's just being aware of those external factors, like I said. Once you've learned the basics, you know, you can almost overprepare. As long as you have the inventory and you understand that this is something that's highly in demand, then, yes, I would definitely recommend going for one of those hard date launches. If that isn't the case, to be completely honest with Charles, and it's something that you're still in the early stages of learning and, you know, wanting to understand what the demand is for – I wouldn't have such a hard launch date. It'd be something that I'd gradually build in and I wouldn't have such an emphasis on it. It's definitely something that I think having a hard launch date like that is something that should be built into a long-term plan for your e-commerce brand. You really have to understand who you are as a business and you know, the customers that you're selling to
0: and who you are as an entrepreneur, right? Like I think some people having that hard launch date that that does something internally for them and they feel good and they're going to push and then everyone pushes, but other people like I know myself, I dislike hard dates. Like I want to know if we get the night before and I'm like, you know what, I'm not ready. I want to be able to push it back. Or it's nice having you do launch that day and it's, it's a continuous soft launch and maybe you don't open up to, you know, a thousand orders, but you might open up and get a couple orders and then realize, Ooh, that, that like email sequence doesn't really make any sense. Right. You know, now that I see it, it doesn't let's dial that back. So instead of just like pushing a thousand
1: people through that day one and realizing,
0: Oh, then it doesn't make any sense it's a lot easier Absolutely. to
1: correct exactly and you know it's it's you know even things i do on a basic uh, a daily basis you know you can you can end up rushing things and that's when you miss the little details and like you said you know it can be simple things like you know the the after buy buyer experience you know have you got that in place you know y- yes you could have a great short-term gain but have you got the back end sorted because once you've got people coming into your store and they're buying you know products and uh, and all sorts from you is that some, is that an experience that they enjoyed and are they going to be coming back in the future? And that's the other thing, you know, it's not just about what's happening in the present It's you need to be thinking, you know, a few months ahead and how they're going to be affected.
0: Yeah. And there's all sorts of things and you, you learn, right? Like your analytics, you'll, you'll realize, Oh my Google analytics wasn't set up right. I need to kind of go back and add these. T-. and like, there's always this other thing that you forgot and exactly. not having that like pressure behind you does help. So exactly. It's, it's I think it's about setting just ex- realistic expectations yep. at the end of the day. Yeah when you said so, number two was conversion, what was that about?
1: Yeah. So website conversion, um, you know, us as an agency, we, we are specialists when it comes to paid ads, um, for econ, but at the end of the day, you know, it's like any service based business, you have to understand that there's other factors that will play a part in, in the service that you're providing. And one of the biggest things for us is, you know, knowing that when we're sending the traffic to an end destination, whether that's a website, whether that's a landing page or a funnel, we have to know that that is going to be, to a, to a standard where it should be converting. Right. Um, and I think, you know, especially when we're, when we're again talking about the early stages of an e-commerce brand, um, it's something that can often be overlooked in my personal opinion. Um, and the worst thing that I've seen happen is, you know, in those early stages, the emphasis is put too much on paid ads and you will start wasting thousands and thousands of dollars sending traffic to a website that just isn't converting at the rate it should be um and that you know that's another thing that i'll I'll touch on throughout the course of this conversation but it's it's all about at the beginning understanding the assets that you really need to get off the ground before you start spending money on driving traffic uh, to those assets because if you don't have those in place you're throwing money literally down the drain
0: how would you get that baseline because right you don't know day one you send to this page and don't even realize it should be converting at a 0.5 or a 5% conversion rate, like, and it changes business to business. So you have no idea in like, then you send paid traffic and you're like, oh, it's converting at a four, you know,
1: a 1%. Is that good? Is that bad? Like you don't even know. So how do you get that baseline data? Great question. And again, it it ties back to the time, but you're right. Um, You don't know initially and you, there always needs to be obviously a form of traffic going to your website and this is, you know, touching onto the third one. And this is why they all really come together and, and tightly bond is the fact that there is so much available to us these days when it comes to organic methods, you know, across, you know, Facebook, Instagram, just to name the big ones. But obviously then you've got things like TikTok, which in this day and age is becoming almost one of the best platforms to really go viral on. And, you know, a lot of e-commerce brands that we deal with personally have leveraged that and it's really allowed their business to, to, you know, reach record months time and time again. Um, and to go back to your question about the baseline, the assets that really are important to get yourself off the ground is one having a a website and not necessarily you know knowing the indefinite conversion rate that it's going to have but making sure that you have you know even if it's family and friends and keeping it basic and just testing the user experience so you know i land on your website i look at the home page i get to the categories. I then get to a product page. I add a product to cart and I start to initiate checkout and and make the purchase. How easy was that? Did I, you know, did I get caught on anything? Was there anything that, you know, took me to, to a destination that I wasn't expecting? Um, and it's, it's simple mistakes like that that can end up costing you a lot of money if you haven't got those basic checks in place at the beginning. So the first thing I would say is, is making sure you've got a website that's at least been checked and the user bar experience is acceptable and something like Shopify on the whole will allow that to happen. Um, so that's definitely the first asset. The second asset and one of the most important, um, is data. Um, again, Data can be in so many forms. It can be through the Facebook pixel, through Google Analytics. It can be through an email list. Um, and when you're first starting out, that's not necessarily something you're going to have. So, again, this where it all comes back to the organic side of things is that I'm not opposed to paid ads. You know, at the end of the day, that's that's what we live and breathe at, at, at the agency at Scope 16. But at the same time, being realistic about it, you have to start to understand your audience and who you're really targeting, in my opinion, from an organic point of view before even thinking and considering about using paid advertising to your advantage.
0: Do you see people get stuck in this kind of, um, chicken and egg sort of thing where they want to cut, they want to start testing, but they don't, you know, they need to run paid ads, but like, and they don't know which one to do first. And should you wait for organic? Cause that can take how much time to kick in. So what do you kind of
1: recommend people do to get out of this chicken and egg? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely something that and, and, and that's the thing, I, you know, it might have sounded like, you know, all, I'm almost saying don't touch paid ads until you get to a certain point. But the truth is, that's not the case. Um, you should definitely do a bit of everything. But, you know, the, the main point here is that when I'm talking about the assets that you need to have before you even consider paid advertising is the website that is your biggest asset as an e-commerce brand. You know, people, that's where people at the end of the day need to go in order to buy your products. That's where you're making all of your money. And you know, that's the biggest thing that you need to have initially. Then the first thing in the first few weeks I'm talking about, even in the first month, it's about just understanding, you know, by putting content out there and by reaching out to family and friends and just getting some very, very preliminary and initial feedback on your product, you know, the sort the sort of feedback you are getting. Now, if the feedback's positive and, you know, you start to see that actually there is a demand for it, even with, like I said, even if it's within your close network, that's when I would highly start recommending that you do start putting a little bit money into paid advertising. But what we do often see happening Charles is, you know, people are working from home. They set up an e-commerce site. Um, no one, not even their family members know that, you know, this is something they've built out. And then before you know it, they start running paid ads. And that's the thing, just use, you know, it's like good old business. It's, it's not, it's not what you know, it's almost who you know. Right. And it's kind of using that to leverage, um, the initial early days into a point where you can at least test your product um, with a few people before start, before you start wasting money in paid ads.
0: Yeah. What if, I've always liked starting with paid ads, but not for actual, you know, you heard people talk about ROAS and like you, kind of tracking that, but at the beginning, you're not actually looking for any sort of return on ad spend. You're just looking to either, like you said, email family and friends and give me some data because you know, I like you and we know each other, or just basically buy traffic to get that same data. Right? So I don't know, maybe you have no friends and you don't want to ask, you don't want to hound anyone. You can just pay X number of dollars, get the traffic and you're not buying, you're not looking for any return on ads, but you're really not looking for any of that. You're just looking for, I'm buying data right now. I'm just buying my convert. I'm basically buying my conversion numbers. I need to learn this number and here's how I get it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like you said, it's 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 having that expectation again. Um, you know, a lot of people think you put paid out, you put money into paid ads. It instantly means you're getting a row ads. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's it's the expectation if you're willing to put, put it into paid ads at the beginning, just understand that you're playing the long term game. At that initial point, you know, once you start to get the feedback and you can make the relevant tweaks, whether it's to your to your product, whether it's to the the, the creative side of things when it comes to how you're displaying your product, or even um, you know certain parts to the user experience, then you can really start to expect to see a return on ad spend. But you're absolutely right. Within those first you know, 30 to 90 days is the crucial time period in my personal opinion um, to use all these organic methods to really give yourself as much of a advantage before you start running paid ads. But on the other hand, if you want that head, you know, that head start, and you have the money um, to put into it, of course do it, but don't expect to see the return on ad spend. It just allows you to move faster. That's at
0: the end of the day, right? Like you're going to get exactly. there. If you build organic traffic, you can build a Facebook following, you will get the data. But if you just want the data today, I can pay for a thousand people to come to my site and just see what they do. And absolutely to, right. To get a thousand people through organic, you will get there. It just takes, it
1: will take time and using ads just is like a shortcut to this method. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, pay, paid ads is, is something that in any e-commerce form is a must. Yep. It's just, you know, knowing when to use it and and how to use it. Like you said, at the beginning, the objective is different. It's sending people to your website so that you can learn, test and then obviously in, 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 um, input it into your website. Yep. Um, and then obviously as you start to get into it is to build that consistency when it comes to the return that you're making on the budget that you're investing. We said organic,
0: you started touching upon that and I was expecting you to go through to the SEO route, but you kind of went with Facebook and some other, um, social organic, uh, yeah. social organic, let's call it that. Why would you yeah. not, do you not classify SEO in that bucket anymore or cause it's 2021 SEO is a whole different game. Where do you kind of see that Agreed. going? Agreed. Um,
1: good question. It's actually something I've never really thought about it like that. Um, SEO is obviously is something that, it's it's definitely in my opinion when it comes to any form of organic or any form of marketing it's obviously that real long-term game and again it's something that's vital to have but it's definitely something that a lot of people don't think about until you know their e-commerce brand becomes you know somewhat established um so i would consider organic but if you if you like it that would i would consider it the slow organic method the the organic methods i'm thinking of have the potential to, to to go quick don't get me wrong they definitely don't go as quick as paid ads, as we just touched on, but they have the potential to to go a lot quicker and start sending traffic to your website a lot quicker as well. And it gives it gives you that that balance between it not taking forever if you know what you're doing, but at the same time, it's still a free resource. It's still something that you can leverage without having to make the investment.
0: So you're saying get out there, start an Instagram, start posting, and just do the work to basically build the following on Instagram or TikTok or
1: wherever exactly it's, it's something that is, is quite often neglected um because like you said that's the thing it's, it's finding the balance you know a lot of people will go too heavy paid ads some people will go way too heavy organic and it's finding the balance social media uh, uh, should be something that is done you know uh, as an omni channel you need to be everywhere um and that's why by building them up from day one um even if you are going to be using paid ads you you have, you have then platforms that you're able to send people to and keep people connected with your brand. You know, if you don't have a Facebook page set up, if you don't have an Instagram uh, um, profile set up, even TikTok, whatever it may be that you use, if you're not using that from day one, you're potentially missing out on keeping in touch with those initial customers that come your way.
0: Do you feel like it's very, uh, industry dependent on which platform, to go with. Cause I know some people you hear like TikTok is like the thing and other people like, I don't, you know, I sell to, I sell
1: printers to dentists TikTok Just isn't like doing, isn't moving the needle for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what I was actually going to touch on. So absolutely right. It, it completely depends, you know, on the, on the, on the sub niche or, or the category of, of products that you're selling. Um, and one of the big ones that I think again is, is definitely in 2020 and also the beginning of 2021 we've noticed is 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 really playing well again not for everyone but for specific products and that is facebook groups um you know there are certain products out there which allow you to build a community off of. Of course, if it's going to be, for example, uh, a clothing store, a Facebook group is unlikely to be something that, you know, the users or the buyers would benefit from. Um, on the other hand though, if you've got a product, for example, that's selling something along the lines of, um, candle supplies, let's say just thinking of previous clients, but let's say candle supplies, you know, that's something where obviously people are buying products and then at home are actually creating something and that allows you to then start to build a community of people who are doing the same thing, have the same interests. And you know, rather than just having a following on Instagram, a Facebook group is going to be something that is much more unique and it's something that you're then able to build up over time. Um, and it's about finding, like I said, for your own particular brand, which of these platforms going to work best. You know, again, if you have, one particular product that, you know, works incredibly well and is almost, I like to put it into a category of an everyday product, but something that stands out from the crowd. So, you know, you've, if you have an everyday product, like for example, a water bottle, um, but it's something that, you know, offers something slightly unique. It allows you to create videos, which something TikTok is great for is kind of comparison videos, right? You know, this water bottle can do this compared to a standard water bottle that can't. And, you know, that's talking it very basic terms. But TikTok works in such a good way when it comes to those types of videos and creatives. And the other thing I wanted to touch on with organic is social proof is by far the best type of content that you can use, both organically, but also most importantly in paid ads as well. And, you know, there's no better way of getting that other than actually starting to build these organic channels from the, from day one.
0: Yeah, and the nice part, of it, like you said, compared to just SEO, it can grow a lot faster if you kind of find that like that hook. I've seen people. We had a user here a while back, and they emailed us just friendly little notice: "Hey, we're launching. um, They work with all the influencers. We're launching so and so on Thursday." And we're thinking, "I'm and I don't know who that. I don't know who that person is, but okay, cool." And they turned it on, and it was like a, a floodgate open. I'm like, "Oh, I should probably look. I should probably know who this person is, like this influencer." And it was someone on TikTok. I still don't know what they even do, but it's impressive. You see some of these numbers and like the orders just flooding in were really, uh, it was something. So if you, yeah, if you're on there and you have the the following, you just, you know, start selling Luke's candles and all of a sudden you get your candle (laughs) store going
1: and it's great. So, it's yeah. great and i think honestly you know and it, it it's trends of course but yep. you know there are you know instagram used to used to do the same thing but in this point in time right now there's honestly nothing like tiktok in terms of how quickly you can go viral in my personal opinion you know there is accounts after accounts that are doing very simple basic things but people love it people love it yep. and it's going crazy and like you said you know the numbers are mind-boggling just how quickly they can grow and you know if that's something that you're able to build up even if you're getting you know in, in the tens of thousands of, of followers and likes that's sending traffic to your website and guess what you're building content in the background it's not costing you anything to do it and that's also going to help you when you come to paid ads and you're building this whole ecosystem of different networks and social media profiles that's going to allow you to really build that strong foundation for your e-commerce brand
0: yep I guess yeah. So data, let's get into that. I, I like the data section. What do you do with yep. all this data? Right? Cause I feel like there's there's two sides. People that don't look at it and then people that go like data crazy and you install something like um, what's a good one on like Google analytics or some of these different things like time on page and you get some of these, you know, data points and You're like, what do I even do I, time on page? Do I want that number to go up or do I want it to go down? Like what do I even do with these numbers? So like how do you Absolutely. even use data to actually make
1: decisions? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, you're absolutely right. You know, I, there's two things I wanted to talk about with data. It's obviously what data should you have as an e-commerce brand and what should you be looking to acquire? Um, and at the same time, how do you interpret that data? Like you said, Charles. So I think when it comes to interpreting data, if we go with that first, it's especially let's look at paid ads. Um, you know, if we're looking at Facebook and Instagram, because you know, that's majority of where people start when it comes with paid ads, it makes sense. You know, largest audiences on there. Um, it's going to tell you a lot about your brand and your users experience. Um, again, that's in relation to the Facebook pixel. So where are people getting held up when they land on your website? Are they, you know, staying on the home page and then clicking off your website or hang on a second. Are they actually staying on your homepage, reading everything and then making their way through to the, you know, the, the potential hot buyer areas. So, you know, looking at products, adding to cart, initiate checkout. When you start to see the, the rhythm, if you like, of people actually landing on your website and you're starting to see the ratio from view content to add to cart to initiate checkout, and you can see this smooth progress, of course it's going to decline, you know you're onto something good. But it's also going to, on the same time, on the reverse side of things, allow you to see potentially where you've got these holdups, where you've got these bottlenecks that are preventing you from uh, you know increasing the conversion rate for one, but also improving the uh, buyer experience at the same time.
0: Yeah. And I think what I've always done with data is just from day one, just start collecting as much as you can, but don't focus on just almost nothing at the beginning, just collect yeah. data. And then at some point when you're ready to start optimizing, just find like that one or two data points that it, you're just trying to optimize going from this page to that page, going from, you know, the product page to a checkout page. Like that's the only thing you care about at that point, optimize that and then move on. And I think a lot of people get hung up on,
1: they're just looking at all these like numbers and you get overwhelmed very quickly. Absolutely. And like you said, it's, it, you know, data is not something you can control. Um, you just have to, you know, the most important thing is to make sure that you have a way to collect it. If yep. you have the, the the infrastructure in place to collect the data, you're in a good point. But you're going to drive yourself crazy if you think you can control the amount of data and the type of data you're getting through um, and whether that's good or bad data. Um, and that's another thing, you know, wh- whether the data you're collecting is good or bad. And there's definitely ways that you can You know ensure it to a certain extent that it is good data you're getting and there are ways as well that you need to be careful because you know there are certain ways that you can use paid ads that unfortunately will drive bad data to your website and unfortunately the pixel collects that and that can lead to problems down the line um but you're right there are the the biggest thing when it comes to data and interpreting it in my personal opinion is like you said don't get distracted by the bells and whistles telling you someone's been on this page and they were looking at this page for five seconds it's okay to a certain extent it's going to tell you a little bit but it's not going to give you the overall picture and then you know from that point of view i would really focus on the main the main stages in the buyer's process and always relate it back to that buyer's process so they land on your website they go to the product page they potentially add it to carts they go to, to check out and start initiating checkout. And obviously, hopefully they complete the purchase and that's what you should really be focusing on, on a day to day basis. Everything else, of course, can be looked into more detail, but as long as you're looking and tracking that data, that's going to give you everything you need to start building a converting website. Yeah. I like that
0: one tip I found too, when you're starting off, um, start with Google tag manager, Google tag manager, um, GTM yep. from day one. I see a lot of people don't do that and you install, like "Ah, it's just Google analytics. And then, all right, we'll do the Facebook pixel and like, all right, we'll do this other pixel. And then by whatever point a year from now, you're like, Oh, we have like 30 pixels on the site and you're trying to like change one and what goes where. And then worst case, you bring someone in marketing and then for every pixel change, they need to email like someone with different access and it breaks up. And like if you install tag manager from day one, it just gives you this really nice place. And it's a little confusing at first, but you know, if you're, if you've never used it, but then you give it to the marketing person later, they're like, Oh, thank you. But they, like, they're all, they're yeah. universally excited about that. So that's one of those things just started from day one. Um, Cause a lot of stuff is difficult to set up and requires
1: tweaking over time. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, you know, and, and funny enough, you know, talking more about uh, as an agency, you know, that's, that's one of our qualification processes. Yeah. We, we need to know that you have the data and you know, from an e-commerce owner's point of view, that that's just letting you know how important data is. If we don't have that data to use, There's there's no way that we can even think or 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 guarantee any sort of results because the data is going to tell everything tell us everything that we need to know.
0: There's no baseline, right? So you can't you can't say we're going we increased X percent because you don't know where you're starting from. So there's no
1: yeah, there's nothing to work with. Exactly. And I think you know a lot of people will agree in marketing. You know, no no matter your personal preference about a product or how anything looks, you know, you can you can look at a product and think it's the best product in the world, but if there's no data to back that up, you know more often than not, people are wrong from their initial preferences. You know, when, when you start getting it out there to the big wide world and you start testing things, that's when you really start to see actually what works and what doesn't work. Having these presumptions before it gets out there can often, you know, be the wrong thing.
0: When you mentioned bad data, um, what's an example of that? Like
1: where it would actually cause more issues and harm than good. Absolutely. So, um, you know, this, this, the easiest way, um, or the the most common way that we come across this is when it, when we're running paid ads, you know, specifically talking about Facebook and Instagram here again, um, you know, it's just, you know, thinking about the, the, the campaign objective, um, you know, obviously the most, the most common one is conversions, but then, you know, a lot of people will use or have used traffic in the past and that's, you know, that can be because of a lack of knowledge or it can just be down to the fact that they want to, you know, Achieve results um, for the lowest cost possible, and the problem is with you know not understanding the difference in in both of those objectives is that actually traffic can sometimes lead to driving the wrong people to the website because Facebook is simply you know driving people to your website they're going to take a certain action, but unfortunately the truth you know ninety percent of the time is that they aren't actually going to be the particular audience that are going to be buying from you on a regular basis. So yes, you're going to get more data coming through. But the data you're getting is painting an unrealistic picture. Um, and that's the thing, you know, again talking about data and looking at data, um, you shouldn't be so fixated all the time on, you know, whether your numbers are huge or big. It's actually, you know, how how trustworthy is this data I'm looking at? Because you could have, you know, a hundred thousand website visitors in a month. But if you're driving that traffic from, you know, a, a source that makes no sense and a, a, as an end result, they're not going to be purchasing from you. All that data is going to do is sway the data that actually matters. So in comparison to a thousand legit Customers that have a very high chance from buying from you, that's going to tell you a lot more than 100,000 unrelated buyers would.
0: Yeah, I think when, and I don't know if you can still do this on Facebook, just say um, campaign objective likes. Like, I just want likes to my page. And you yep. do stuff like that. You underestimate there's just people out there that like doing that thing, like liking a page or just clicking on an ad. They don't buy, like, they definitely don't buy, but they love clicking on ads or love liking pages. And I've run some of yeah. those just as kind of a test and seen, like, who are these people? And then you go to their page and you realize they like maybe a thousand different pages. It's like, they just like, like, that's what they do with their day. So whatever objective you pick, Facebook will find people that will do that thing real well. And like you said, if it's clicking exactly. on something, they are good at finding people that like to click on things, but yeah, it trying to get people to actually put them in a cart. Those are much, much more difficult to find. Um, and you're going to need a lot more data, a lot more time, a lot more money. So
1: Exactly. And it's, it, like you said, that that's one uh, objective. Also engagement, you know, yeah. like you said, Facebook finds people that are going to put random comments on your, on your ad, which is, <laughs> it's, and that's another story, you know, just how they do that. And, you know, um, you know, it's incredible that they can, but the, the problem is, is that yes, it can be good for certain things. But again, you have to be aware that actually, if you're using that as your main as your main yeah. method to driving traffic to your website, it can lead to problems down the line.
0: It's a, it's a tool, right? It's a, it's your toolbox and you have a tool in there when you run into new ad, starting off with an engagement campaign just to make it right. No one wants to see the ad and you're like, Oh, zero likes and no one commented on it. Cool. Like you just kind of move on. But when you look and you're like, Oh, there's, you know, 700 likes, 50 comments or all these like positive things. Maybe there's something going on here. So using that engagement exactly. as a tool at the beginning to just generate, engagement, but realize like, I'm not going to get any sales. I'm just making my ad look, you know, decorating my ad. Exactly.
1: Basically. Yeah. And it's just understanding that it's just understanding that and when, when is the point to use it and yep. when is the point to then, you know, switch to to the right strategy and as obviously, you know, aiming for conversions and collecting the right data. So yeah, absolutely on the same page. Yeah. I think a lot of people,
0: the first time you see those objectives and you're like, what? Like it's like this like overwhelm. And I think that is a benefit of going with an agency or someone that says, okay, we're going to run, an engagement campaign for the first three days, get a bunch of likes. Then we're going to add, um, get some clicks through there just to kind of get people on the site to we can retarget them. Then we're going to our actual, you know, the big campaign. We're going to really kind of double down on exact- ads, oh, whatever your process is, but at least someone
1: with exactly. a, a process, right? Yeah. And yeah. you know, this is the other thing as well, you know, over the last, you know, especially, you know, every year is getting more and more competitive on on these paid ads platforms. You know, it's, you know, even even maybe four or five years ago, um, when I honestly was just starting out, you could you could pretty much throw money at Facebook and you would somewhat see some sort of return, you know. But in this now, fast forward to now, it's honestly not the case. And I think that's a big misconception misconception is that it's, it's as easy as just placing money on Facebook and you're going to see a return. It's just understanding. It's not as simple as that. And it's, it's for your own benefit as well. You know, doing it right from day one is going to allow you down the line to reach heights that you just wouldn't imagine.
0: Yep. So last but not least money, what is that about? <laughs> yeah. is that, that's an, I think people don't realize how money works in e-commerce when you go into it. Um, you think it's a money printing machine and you realize that when you're scaling up, it's a money like eating machine, oddly. So tell me about money.
1: It's absolutely it's like a it's like a car right? It's like a, it's like an ongoing expense like you you know you, you get a puncture you have to you know you have to change something on the car it's it's constantly expense and i think like you said Charles it's like a lot of people when they first open an e- e-commerce store it's like oh roas i'm doubling my money yeah. The, just it's just uh, thinking about it, even down to the inventory level. Yes, you're doubling your money, but now you've got customers that are demanding a product from you. You now need to have inventory that you, you're purchasing for, and you know preparing for that inventory in advance. And that means, in essence at least for the sort of first six months, you need to be prepared to be out of pocket a lot of the time because you're playing catch up. Yes. Down the line, that's when you can see these amazing money printing machine examples. But definitely, you know, money is something that at the beginning, it's not again, there are examples out there where you can start with a very small budget and people have turned it into millions and millions of dollars back. Um, but on the whole, there has to be a certain expectation that actually, if you're pumping money in, you need to be doing it on the right reasons and just going full circle with this. Um, you know, if I'm first starting out on those first 39 30 to 90 days as an e-commerce brand, you know, the way I like to look at it, that first, you know, two to $3,000 I have, if I had to put a, a price tag on it, they're going to be focused fully on getting my assets 100% or to the best of my ability ready for real serious traffic and like I said I'm talking about website I'm talking about making sure I have the right content and I have the right social proof they're the biggest assets and also data sorry they're, they're the four main assets that I would really want to make sure I had in place once I've got those assets and you have you know you know you have then money to invest into paid ads absolutely go ahead and do it but also be prepared to, to not see a return straight away. And that's why you see people still working a nine to five alongside, right? Because it's not something that you can quit your job nine to five straight away in most cases um, because you have to have that certain expectation that's going to take time to build up to a point where the profits you're making makes sense to, to take it full time.
0: Yeah. I see a lot of interesting stuff going on now about just investment in e-commerce from like a line of credit, perspective. And a lot of folks are trying to do different things around this. And I think that's one of the next big things, right? Where you have folks and you can start a store easily. You can start collecting that data. You can start getting those baselines. But then when you actually say, okay, let's jump in the pool head first, then all of a sudden you look and you're like, oh, we need like a war chest to really do this. We need to really like our ad spend could be thousands, tens of thousands per month, week, day at some point. And as that ramps up, you're gonna have to buy more inventory. And then you have to spend more on ads with more inventory. And there's just this ongoing like cash eating machine. So I think there's a lot of people out there and I think there'll be services come up in the next few years on lines of credit or just ways of them looking at order flow data, analyzing and say, okay, we can give you a line of 40 K or whatever that number is to then be able to increase. And if that works, then go up from there. Cause I think that's a wall. As soon as, as soon as you have a little success, that's a wall. A lot of people hit.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's the thing, you know, the, the first year in any business is always going to be one of the hardest. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just having, it's just understanding that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that, like you said, cash making machine. Um, but at the same time, you know, you know, this isn't, this isn't to put people off from, you know, running and, you know, running and trialing, you know, e com stores like fruit, you know, it's hand on heart. It's one of the best things that you can do at this current point in time. Um, but it's just knowing that actually, don't expect, you know, within the first three months to, to have a fully fledged, you know, established e-commerce brand that's going to be able to sustain you and your lifestyle. It's actually something that, you know, has to be treated like a brand. It's something that has to be built up over time, has a journey, and you have to be prepared to go with it on that journey. And as long as you always remain on that core idea as to why you have this product and why you're selling it, you're going to be in for the long term. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, it you have to have a brand that you're passionate about. It's like anything, you know, when you're, when you're growing up, it's like, you know, make sure you try and find a a job or a career that you enjoy because then you'll never have to work a day in your life. And it's finding something like that that you're passionate about because I think as long as you're passionate about it, you're not there to, to just rush and make quick money. That's not the way that e-commerce works. But that being said, if you understand how it works and the time that it does take, the benefits are endless. I think this is a great
0: place to end it. And I think most people, if you're getting into it, just get into it, knowing this is gonna take, you know, I I could be in this five to 10 years. So this needs to be something like I can pitch myself waking up eight years from now and like doing this and the job is gonna change, but you're gonna be still working. You're gonna be solving this problem for years to come. So you just make sure it's something you can do that on, but absolutely. Yeah. I think that's super helpful if people wanna kind of see what you guys are working on. So tell me more about the agency and what do you guys do there?
1: Yeah, perfect. So um, yeah, we obviously work with e-commerce and also infra product brands, predominantly e-commerce brands. Um, you know, we really specialize in helping brands that want to take it to that next level. So a lot of brands are coming to us. Um, you know, a lot, a lot more recently because of you know the pandemic and everything in those early stages. And we have, we actually have a, a very good support team in place that actually allow them to basically free up their money while still getting the support they need. Right. Um, I think that's the most important thing is that getting an agency isn't always going to be the most, um, economically wise choice to do at the beginning. And that's why we actually have two main services. The main service is obviously a done for you program. And these are for the brands that, you know, have got past that sort of 90 day stage and are really starting to see sales come in. And a bit like we touched on earlier, Charles is, you know, now they're starting to deal with serious inventory issues and making sure that all these different moving parts are aligning. That's when, you know, the right time is to come in for a done for you package. That being said though, Like I said, there's a huge demand for people wanting to start their e-commerce brand. Um, And the other side of our business is is helping those people without, you know, having these huge monthly retainers. It's actually giving the ability to have, you know, world class support and guidance from our coaches that have their own e-commerce stores as well. And being able to take that to the next level and we give them full support from actually setting up their own initial campaigns, how to optimize them, how to scale them. And at the same time, just giving overall good business advice as well. And what is that, like a monthly coaching program sort of thing? It is. It's actually a six-weeks Uh, intense training program and then after that we have ongoing support that's basically you know as part again of a Facebook group and we have uh, four to five weekly um, calls um, where like I said coaches join jump on we have a special uh, guest speakers that jump on again talking about their own experience in their own e-commerce brands and sometimes it can be about particular topics you know you know website conversion rate for example someone you know we have website specialists coming in and really you know one-to-one analyzing you know what's going on with someone's website potentially how we can start improving that conversion rate.
0: Yeah, I always like the idea of having kind of groups, whether it's coaching or a mastermind or just some group you're in, some community, where um you're gonna have these odd challenges. Like there was something the other day I was sending, I was wiring money to whatever country and I'm like, I don't know I don't know how to wire money from here to there. Like I've just never done that. And I'm in a couple of groups and they're like closed groups. Um and you just kind of ping people in there and you're like, hey I'm trying to do this. And there's like multiple people they're like, oh yeah, I wire money there all the time. You're like, oh Great. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Here's what I use Has a service, how much I pay. I'm like, thank you. So like you Amazing. could go around for, you know, all the stuff, right? Like what, um, when you start a new Facebook campaign, like what objective should I use? Like you can Google and watch videos, but it is nice having someone there that you can kind of just ping and be like, Hey, here's what I'm working on. What do I do? And you just get an answer a lot faster. So,
1: Absolutely. At the end of the day, you know, you know, any sort of, you know, coaching, anything that's out there is on the internet. You know, that's, that's how everybody learn, You know, a lot of people learn is for YouTube ads. It's one of the best resources that everyone has available. But, you know, the, the coaching side of it is that, you know, if you want the ability to, to know where you're potentially stepping off the track and you don't want to spend months, months and thousands and thousands of dollars figuring out those own mistakes yeah. yourself, we're the ones that are going to be able to put you and keep you on that track so that you can reach success as soon as possible. But you're absolutely right with, you know, that community feeling. It's it's something that going online is definitely different to, to the brick and mortar that we spoke about right at the beginning, you know you couldn't imagine almost having a tight knit community and having a facebook group you know with with you know let's say for example you know supermarkets competing you wouldn't imagine them being on the same group whereas even on a on a facebook group like our coaching group you know you have people that are trying to run their own e-commerce stores but there's no there's no direct competition and i think that's the nicest thing about it is that there isn't there isn't any you know love or hate relationship everyone is able to help each other Every, there's enough room for everyone to succeed as well is the big thing Love it.
0: Okay. If people want to kind of find you, reach out. If they have more questions, where can they do that?
1: Yeah. So uh, two places. Um, we've we've got a Scope Sixteen Marketing Instagram page and also Facebook page. Um, but please feel free to reach out to me at Luke Simmons um, on Instagram as well, and uh, we'll we'll get you speaking to the team. Awesome, Luke. Thanks a lot for coming on. Appreciate it. No worries, Charles. Thank you very much.